You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Hey, church, what an incredible message we had this morning with Pastor Leanne. I've got a powerful message tonight, continuing on the series of what God brings out of isolation. So this is what God brings out of isolation, part three. Already we've looked at what God did with Gideon, who was hiding in a wine press, fearful, afraid, overwhelmed by his circumstances. And look what God brought out. God brought a warrior out, a game changer and a world changer out. We saw John the Baptist, isolated and alone, out there in the deserts, in the wildernesses until the day of His manifestation. But God, when God was sending His Word into the world, the people who were caught up in politics and the people who were caught up in compromise and the people who were caught up in worldly living, the Word passed all of those until it found a young man in isolation out in the, the, the wilderness, in the deserts, crying out to God. And the Word of the Lord came to John. And when that Word came to John, there were sermons in the city, but there was a Word. There was a prophetic utterance. There was a move of God. And the Bible says the people came from Judea, Samaria, the uttermost regions of Israel, and they went out to John in the wilderness. You know what's happening to you? God is going to send His Word to you. If you cry out to Him, He's going to give you a Word and people are going to gather to you. What has been taken from you in isolation, in separation, you're going to find God is going to bring back. The crowds came from everywhere. So much so that the Pharisees were jealous and indignant that every Sunday or every Shabbat, every Saturday, they'd look up and their their uh, synagogues were leaner and leaner and leaner until one day there's no one at the synagogue and they're getting up to teach and there's no one there and they hear that there's a man out in the wilderness who's got a revelation from God. God never takes you through a valley without promoting you if you're faithful. The valley that the enemy may send, the famine and the pestilence that may come because of wickedness in the land or it may just come because of the seasonal cycles of the world. We know that every boom has a bust and every bust has a boom and there's economic uh, spurts of growth and then there are economic times of famine and difficulty. We know that that's just the ebb and flow of life. But God is with you in your valley. God does His finest work in the valley. Today, I want to look at three people. I want to look at Noah to begin with. So come with me in your Bibles to the book of Genesis chapter 7. Genesis chapter 7 says, Then the Lord said to Noah, Come into the ark, you and all your household, because I have seen that you are, a, that you are righteous before me in this generation. And then if you, you come with me now down to verse 10. It says, And it came to pass after seven days that the waters of the flood were on the earth. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, on that day all the fountains of the great deep were broken up and the windows of heaven were open and rain was on the earth 40 days and 40 nights. Well, if we skip forward it to, uh, to Genesis chapter, chapter 8, verse 4, it says this in verse 4, it says, Then the ark rested in the seventh month, on the seventeenth day of the month, on the mountains of Ararat. If you go down a little bit further, you'll find that they had to wait there for the waters to abate. And they end up coming out of the ark on the twenty-seventh day of the second month. 
So Noah was in the ark with his family. He was isolated. He was self-isolating for 370 days. 370 days. I need you to understand that not only was he self-isolated, cooped up in a boat, couldn't go outside, couldn't exercise, couldn't walk, couldn't walk the dogs, couldn't go to the park, couldn't go to restaurants, couldn't do anything. He was cooped up in a boat. But not only that, everything that he'd known, the home that he built, the gardens that he built, the vineyards that he built, the orchards that he planted were all destroyed. He lost everything. This was worse than the Great Depression. This was the great judgment, the great destruction where God destroyed the whole world with a flood, where God made a vow that he'd never destroy the whole world with a flood, with water like that ever again. Noah lost everything, but did he? He lost everything. But you know, Noah was one of eight. Eight all the way through the scripture is resurrection and new life. What did God bring out of the flood? What did God bring out of isolation? He brought brand new life. He brought a new legacy. He brought a new dynasty. He brought a brand new era. He brought a brand new epoch. I want you to know right now in your season of self-isolating, in your season where you may have lost this business and this company shut down and you may have lost this source of income and you may have lost this job, I want you to know you may have lost those things, but God is still on the throne. The Bible says the Lord sat enthroned in the flood in Psalm 29. In other words, when the whole earth was in a flood, God's feet weren't even wet. He was still almighty. He was still all powerful. He was still seated on His throne, able to give commands and edicts. His authority wasn't even tempered or tempered with. He was still powerful on that throne. When Noah came out of the ark, It was after 370 days. 370 all the way through the Bible is the gematria. 370 means finished, fulfilled, completed. That that everything was now finished. Everything was now fulfilled. Everything was now completed. The 370, not only that, but of all the mountains for the ark to rest on, God selects and navigates that boat so it lands on the mountains of Ararat. The word Ararat comes from two Hebrew words, two Hebrew compounds put together. The first one is Arar. Arar means cursed, but Ararat means curse reversed. Curse reversed. There was a curse on the land. There was a curse in the earth because of Adam's sin. God cursed the ground for your sake. And because of that, the earth was filled with violence. But now the curse was reversed. It was broken because of the judgment that God had put on the earth. I want you to know that whatever dysfunction, whatever brokenness, whatever sin, whatever mistakes, whatever downturn, whatever evil around you, you may have been unfairly dismissed. You may have been let go. Whatever it is that has happened to you, God says that when you come out of this flood, when you come out of this pestilence, when you come out of this isolation, when you come out of COVID-19, you're going to come out and you're going to find that the curse that is operating right now is going to be reversed. God is with you. God is for you. He is a provider. You may have lost a source, but you haven't lost your provider. You may have lost some provision, but you haven't lost a provider. If Jesus is Lord over your life, and friend, let me just tell you right now, you can 
you can hear all of this, but until you make Jesus Christ Lord, God doesn't become your Father. But he who receives the Son receives the Father. He who rejects the Son rejects the Father. It comes down to you receiving Christ. When you receive Christ, you step into, you are born again now in the family of God, and God knows how to take care of His kids. God will get you through. If you're fearful and afraid, just ask yourself, have I given my life to Christ? Am I born again? If not, friend, what are you waiting for? Do that. The second person I want to look at is Abraham. Abraham. I love Abraham. You know, in the book of Genesis chapter 12, God says to Abraham, get out of your house, get out of your country, away from your father's house and go to a land of which I will show you and I will make of you a great nation. Well, in the book of Hebrews, and let me read it to you. It's one of my favourite passages of Scripture. It's known as the, the faith chapter, Hebrews chapter 11 faith chapters, all the champions, it's all the great warriors. And Hebrews 11 verse 8, it says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. He went out not knowing. There was no guarantee. There was no assurance. Right now you may be saying, man, you know, I, I, I'm separated from my family. I'm separated from my culture, separated from my business, separated from my, my schedule, from my routine, from my nine to five. Man, I, I, and I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what the future looks like. I don't know. That's Abraham. Welcome to Abraham's world. He went out not knowing where he was going, but by faith he dwelt in the land of promise as a foreigner in that country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. Verse 10 says, For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. In the NIV, it says, For he was looking, he was looking forward to the city whose builder and maker is God. So Abraham went out in faith, but he didn't go out blind. He went out looking for the city whose, he went out looking forward to the city whose builder and whose maker is God. I want you to understand today that, that faith is not being blind. I meet Christians all the time and they say, well, you know, pastor, I'm just, I'm just believing God that it's all going to work out. I'm just believe, you know, I'm just believing God, you know, hey brother, you know, God's our, our father. I don't know how he's going to come through, but oh, I just know he's going to provide for me. I just know God's going to provide. And, 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 and it's almost like this blind faith. It's almost like, you know, bury your head in the sand ostrich and God is going to su su supply the Bible says Abraham went out in faith, not knowing where he was going, but the Bible says he went out looking. If you replace the name Abraham in the Bible with faith, faith and Abraham are interchangeable. In fact, it can help you read the story because Abraham is the father of our faith. He's the progenitor of our faith. He, he is the proponent of faith. He is the embodiment of faith. He is the example of faith. God uses him as the, the father, as the seed bearer, as the DNA distributor of faith. So if you look at Abraham and replace the name Abraham with faith, God said to faith, get out of your country, get out of your, your, your family, get out of what you're familiar with, get out of your culture, go to, faith goes out. 
Faith doesn't stay at home. Faith doesn't shrink back into comfortable. Faith has to go out. For faith to be productive, it has to go out. Jesus said to the the disciples, launch out into the deep, let down your nets for a catch. They said, Master, we toiled all night, caught nothing. We, we, we were fishing all night. We never didn't catch any fish. Jesus says, launch out into the deep because faith has to go. Faith has to go out, but it doesn't go out blind. Abraham went out not knowing where he was going, but the Bible says he went out looking. He went out looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. When one door shut behind him, Abraham didn't spend all his time looking back at the door. Human behaviour always looks back. You go to any old folks home, you sit with any of the old folks there, they'll tell you about the good old days. They'll tell you about, you know, the the good old days when everything was different. They'll tell you about the glory years. They'll tell you about the best years. They'll even tell you, well, back in the 50s, there's a revival. I'm telling you, boy, you were just a young pup. It was before you were in diaper. And they'll tell you all about the past. There's something about us human beings, we look backwards. God didn't put your eyes in the back of your head. He put your eyes in the front of your head because you're meant to be looking forward. You're meant to be forward looking. The Bible says in the NIV, Abraham was looking forward to that city whose builder and maker was God. When God allows one door to be shut, you may have lost a job. You may have lost a stream of income. You may have lost a business. I heard this week, somebody got retrenched got furloughed after 30 years, 30 years of working for a company and they got cut off. But you know what? Instead of looking back and whining and crying and complaining, you know what they did? They always had a passion for music. They, they were quite uh, good with music, although they never had an opportunity to monetize it. So this person said, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go down to the old folks' homes. I'm going to get my guitar and I'm going to go down there with my, my little speaker sound system and I'm going to minister to them. I need ministry myself, but whatever you give is given back to you. So he went down to the old folks' home and he began to sing their favourite songs. Well, they began to come out of their rooms and watch this music and we know that. And the next minute, they're all singing along. Well, the management was so impacted. They're like, hey, can you, can you come again? Can we pay you to come? Now, all these old folks' homes all these nursing and retirement villages are opening up asking it when one door shut another door open are you so focused on the door that shut that you don't realize the bible says that god shuts doors that no man can open but he opens doors that no man can shut do you not realize the bible says when you bring your tithe into the storehouse god opens the windows of heaven god is a god that opens doors god is a god that opens windows god is a god that opens opportunities you may say well you don't understand i worked for this company for 30 years Well, hang on, that's the story we just heard. Well, I worked for this company for 50 years. Do you really think that if that door shut, God's like, well, I got nothing else for you. Can I ask you? Can I encourage you? Learn from Abraham. Abraham was looking forward. He wasn't looking backward. The Apostle Paul says this, one thing I do, forgetting that which is behind, I press forward toward the goal, toward the prize, the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Have a look forward. Look forward. What can you learn from the shut door, but look to the open door. God wants to bring you out and God wants to bring you into a brand new opportunity. God is your provider. He is Jehovah 
Jireh, he's got you. He's got you. A door may have closed. A window of opportunity may have closed. A stream of income may have closed. But I'm telling you right now, I'm prophesying, God wants you to look at the open door, at the open window, at what is in front of you, what is possible. Well, we used to do this on business this way. Well, maybe now this is an opportunity for you to take that and do it online and do it in another way. Or maybe it's a change altogether. Maybe there's something in you you've been neglecting because you've been stuck in this job and now this can come to the fore. I'm telling you with every shut door, God has an open door for you. Look forward to the open door. So with Abraham, we saw that God wanted to bring a brand new opportunity. With Noah, Uh, He wanted to bring a new life with Abraham, a new opportunity. And the third one, number three, we're going to look at Moses at the burning bush. Moses at the burning bush. God wants to bring you into a brand new destiny. He wants to bring you in a brand new purpose. We know in the book of Exodus chapter three, the Bible says that Moses led the flock to the back of the desert. He was, uh, it was Jethro's flock, his father-in-law, who was the priest of Midian, and they came to Horeb, the mountain of God, verse 2. says, And then uh, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. And he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Verse 3, So Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Why the bush does not burn. Verse 4, So when the Lord saw, watch this, when the Lord saw that he got Moses' attention, when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look. Do you know, one of the great tragedies in so many Christians' lives is they're too busy to look at what God is doing. They're too busy to press into God's Word, to lean into God's works, to, because we're, we've so caught ourselves up in the grind, the nine to five, the rat race, where the little hamster on the wheel running, 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 exhausted, and we don't have time for anything in the peripheral. But I, uh, here is Moses. He's isolated. And he's isolated because of his poor choices. He's isolated because of his circumstances. Maybe that's you. Maybe you made some bad decisions and now you're struggling financially. Maybe you made some poor choices and now you are where you are and you're like, man, this is my fault. Well, welcome to Moses' world. He is now in the back blocks of the desert. He's settled for just a second-rate job. He was called to be a deliverer, but when he tried it, he murdered an Egyptian. Do you know the thing about Moses is he always felt like he was misunderstood. When he he killed the Egyptian, he went out to the Israelite brothers and he's like, hey guys, why are you guys fighting? They're like, what, are you gonna kill one of us like you killed the Egyptian yesterday? And Moses freaked out and he fled. He was upset that they didn't understand. Don't you understand? I was spared. I felt like I was spared for a reason. Not only that, but his whole life, he felt like a misfit. When when Pharaoh's daughter pulled him out of the, the river Nile, she looked at him and she said, this, this is one of the Hebrew children. And yet to the Hebrews, they didn't see him as one of their brothers. They didn't see him as part of their brethren. They looked at him as the prince of Egypt. Oh yeah, you're, you're one of Pharaoh's kids. Yeah, you live up there in the palace. You're not like us. We're slaves down here and you're a palace boy. He didn't fit with the Egyptians and he didn't fit with the Israelites. Maybe you feel today like, man, you know, this isolation is just, just, it's just exacerbated how much I'm a misfit. I don't fit in here and I don't fit in there. May I suggest to you that maybe the reason you don't fit in is because you were never meant to fit in. You were meant to stand out. 
Maybe you weren't meant to fit in. Maybe you were meant to stand out. When God made you, He looked at you. You're a masterpiece. And He said, outstanding. You're going to stand out from amongst everybody else. Well, you know, Moses comes, comes out of this crisis where he murders a guy flees for his life. He's now 80. He's at the back blocks of the desert and there's a bush on fire. And when God sees that he is finally taking time out to look at what's going on, to see what God's doing in the peripheral, that he says, I'll now turn aside and see. This is a great time for you to press into God. This is a great time to you to lean forward. This is a great time for you to begin to ask God, God, what do you have for me? I've been stuck in nine to five. I've been stuck into grind. Does my job have anything to do with your kingdom purpose? Does, do, do, is there an alignment between who I am and what I do and your great plans for this universe, for this globe, for this galaxy, for the people? Can my life, can my trade, from my, can my giftings, can my skills bring anything of value to your kingdom? And you better believe absolutely it can because there's a yes on the other side of that question that God has for you. So let me encourage you, bring that to him. But what was interesting is that that Moses, when he begins to see the burning bush, God speaks to him and says, I'm going to send you to Pharaoh and you're going to command him to let my people go. And Moses goes into this argument with God. But God basically says to him, listen, you were rescued out of the Nile. And when you were drawn out of the the aisle, they named you Moses, Moshe. Moshe means drawn out. His whole life, his name was drawn out. You're drawn out. You're drawn out. His whole life, he was labelled a victim. His whole life, hey, hey, drawn out guy. Yeah, you would have drowned, man. Yeah, what, what kind of a kid's mom puts him in a brand new little boat that she made out of bulrushes and puts him in a river at three months old. Are you kidding? Dude, your mom should have been arrested. Where was your dad? Yeah, so much for dad being there to supervise mom. So his, his name was drawn out. Do you know, you may, be living under, you may be living under the label of recovering alcoholic. You may be living under, well, I went to, you know, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous or I went to NA, Narcotics Anonymous. You may, you may be saying... I was a former drug addict. I was a former prostitute. I was a former gambling addict. I was a former this. I was a former that. That was Moses, Moshe, drawn out. I was drawn out. I was drawn out. But here the Spirit of God, the anointing of God comes upon him in this isolated moment, in this desolate place, in this place of separation. As he begins to open himself up to God, the anointing comes upon him. And God says, you know what you're going to do, drawn out? You're going to go to Egypt. You're going to go back into Egypt. You're going to go back to Pharaoh. And when you get to Pharaoh, when you get to Egypt, the anointing, the power of God, is so going to be upon you that it's going to be like you're electrified and magnified all at the same time. And you're going to go in there because I've got 1.8 million Israelites. I've got 1.8 million sons and daughters of Joseph and of, of Jacob that you're going to draw out and you're going to draw them out. You were called drawn out, but your destiny is to draw out. You're going to draw out of Egypt everything that belongs to me. And you're going to draw out the silver and you're going to draw out the gold and you're going to draw out the sons and daughters of my covenant. You're going to draw out the descendants of Abraham, the descendants of Isaac and the descendants of Jacob. And he comes out of there, a drawn out. A destiny comes out of a wilderness. A destiny comes out of an isolated place. Can I tell you, God is going to bring your destiny forth. God is going to bring you forward. 
God is going to bring you out of this into your destiny. Most of us have been so sideswiped by the enemy. We just do our job. We just work nine to five. We pay our bills. We get married. We get a mortgage. We have kids. And we wonder what our life is all about. We wonder, is there a purpose for God? And we don't have the time to turn aside and see what God is doing. But this is your time. This is your season. In the isolation, in the separation, don't waste the quiet. Don't waste it. Go to God. See what God is doing. The greatest way you can do that is start by giving your life to Jesus. Start by surrendering your life to Christ. Make a decision today. Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. I want you to come into my heart. I want to be born again. I want to follow you. Maybe you're away from God and you're backslidden. Come back to God. Maybe you're overwhelmed by addiction. Maybe you're overwhelmed by sin, lust, greed, gambling, drugs, booze, whatever it is, I want you to know Jesus isn't just a Savior. He's a deliverer. He's a chain breaker. He sets the captives free. Give your life to Christ. If that's you today, I want you to do this. On the screen right now are going to come the words, I responded and a telephone number 555-888. I want you to do this. I want you to respond. I want you to text the words, I responded to 555-888. Because let me tell you something, God's got two greater plan. He is too awesome. He is too good. He is too powerful for you to think, I can just walk through this valley on my own. I can just make it through this famine on my own. I can just go through this desert on my own. I can just go through this struggle on my own. Forget about it. Give your life to Christ. Let Him bring you out. He wants to bring you out into new life. He wants to to bring you out like Abraham into a brand new epoch, into a brand new era, a brand new chapter. He wants to, to bring you out into a new opportunity. And like Moses, He wants to bring you out into a brand new destiny, into a higher sense of purpose and a higher sense of calling. Let me pray. Father, I ask you bless these people as they decide right now, as they decide right now, they make a decision for Christ. They make a decision, I'm surrendering to God. I'm not giving God 80% anymore, 90%, 95%, not even 99% will do. I'm giving God 100%. I'm gonna text I responded, 555-888. I responded, 555-888. And I'm going to see what God can do. We'll send you some gifts. We'll look after you. We'll get you a Bible and a following Jesus book. Do that today. If you need to come back, do that today. It's been a privilege to be with you. We've got so many great things happening. So why don't you tune in online at www.awakenchurch.com. We'll see you again next week. Tune in online or do this. Tell somebody about this message that you know needs to hear it and get them to watch the next one. God bless you. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.